every now and then and uh, allow you to kind of ask questions. So today we're, we're, uh, we've got, um, yeah, the series is human, but we're going to have a, a number up on the screen. It's not my number, so don't save it. Pastor Ryan, it's not, it's not my number. It's just a, a number that uh, is going to be put on screen. And then the questions, if you want to ask a question, you can text it in. And I encourage you to ask a question. Save your comments till afterwards. You can come up and tell me. But if you've got a question that is burning you that you kind of want answered, uh, you can send it through and then they'll forward it to me and uh, we'll, we'll get the panel to kind of help with that. So with that, uh, tonight we have a panel as well. So we're in this series, Human, we're talking about the four different elements that make us up, uh, make us up as humans, uh, body, soul, mind and spirit. And uh, last week we talked about the soul and this morning we're talking about the mind and then tonight we're talking about the body. And we've got uh, a panel of experts tonight. We've got Rachel Offerings, who for some of you might not know, but she was a fitness instructor. And so she knows a little bit about you know, being healthy and strong. That's why the offerings look so spe- spectacular. Um, Rachel kind of trains, trains Daniel. And I think you were just born beautiful, Daniel. It's very, it's your cross to bear, I understand. But um, so we've got Rachel offerings. We've got Damien Metcalf, uh, who uh, has a lot of great thoughts. And I thought he'd be wonderful. He actually almost, uh, he made it to, uh, what was it, da- where's Damien? You made it in the, to the Olympic team for Zimbabwe for swimming. Is that right? The Youth Olympics, yeah, which is really cool. So he's going to talk to us about doing freestyle correctly. Uh, no, just kidding. He's, he's going to, he might share that. I don't know. Uh, and then we've got uh, Nikki Wall, who's a pro skateboarder. She comes to the, the night service mainly. Uh, she's going to be talking about, she's obviously a professional athlete, so uh, cares a lot about that and has a really interesting story. And then who else am I forgetting? Laura, of course. So dietitian. And uh, she, she, she loves junk food. So you're all like, oh, that's great. No, just kidding. She, she definitely, don't you, Laura? You don't mind a bit of cake. As we said, you're fine with that. So Laura's going to be using her uh, expertise as well just to help us. So that's tonight. But today we're going to be talking about the mind. So I have the greatest minds, I think, uh, that I know in my world who are going to come and join me. So I'm going to welcome Lynn Anywell, <laughs> Rachel Briggs, and we've got a very special guest this morning, Keith Farmer. And uh, it's great to have Keith with us. For some of you who came to one of our all-in nights, uh, Keith is actually uh, Eric and our uh, mentor. Uh, but as well as that, Keith, you mentor about, what, 100 different um, or pastors and leaders around the nation or have done for many years, uh, as well as a lot. I'll, I'll let you share in a little bit. We've got microphones for each of you. Yeah, we might need one more, if that's Okay. Uh, but Keith has been a blessing to me and many other leaders around the nation. Uh, studied psychology, yeah? Uh, and um, so uh, this is going to be wonderful. Now, we know Rachel Briggs. Rachel, tell us about your vocation. I have to borrow a mic. I'm yes. a clinical psychologist. There you go. What does so, that mean? Well, as I said to the group on Sunday, it uh, means I love people. <laughs> I, I like adore it. people, but more specifically, it means I've got postgraduate qualifications in mental health so right and you work, work a lot with children hey yeah predominantly yeah. I work with children and families um, but I've also got some adult patients right. that I work with so yeah I've got a passion for helping people push through difficult times and I guess find meaning and purpose in those harder moments so that's yeah. awesome and Lynn you know Lynn but Lynn also uh, during the week uh, sort of uh, practices 
as a psychologist. You, you can tell us a little bit about what you do. That's right. Um, I'm a psychologist and director of psychology at Attune Health Centres. I work both individually and also in collaboration with other um, health professionals to produce great outcomes for people. So we work individually and with a group and also I look after all the other psychologists as well. So, Come on, you do a great team. Love the, love the whole vision and our values of Attune. And Keith, tell us a little bit about your journey. I've just shared a few things, but... Okay, um, I've been in ministry now for over 50 years. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> My first uh, three ministries were in local churches. Um, then I became the principal of the Churches of Christ Theological College in New South Wales, now known as ACOM, and that was uh, 24 years. And the oh. last... 15 years I've been primarily mentoring Christian leaders across Australia. Um, part of my training uh, was in not only theology but psychology and uh, for about 30 years I was a registered but non-practising psychologist. There you go. Come on. So we've, we've got some great minds here to help us with our minds this morning. Before we get on to uh, some questions, and I've got some that I, that I have burning in me, and as I said, you can text them through whenever you're ready. Can we put that, that number up for a slip? Um, but this Thursday night, I just want to promo Discover You. So this is a homegrown course that you and some others yes, have Sanders, developed. Yes, Mel Malcolm and yes. Tom Stockman. I yes. <laughs> Um, and, and the courses, I actually asked for them to write it. I didn't want to take on someone else's course, but I really wanted something that would help people discover who they are, their passions, their personality, their makeup, the way that God's put them together. And uh, you developed something with, your, with all of your wisdom and experience and with the team who are all in the particular fields that help with that to put this four-week course together. And I did it last year, and it was amazing. I was part of the pilot group. And it's incredible. So that starts on Thursday. It's only four weeks. And if you're someone that's saying, you know, I'd really like to find out more about who I am and the way that God's made me, my passions, my interests, to help you kind of launch into a next season, uh, that's why we're doing it. We're going to do it every term, hopefully. But um, get start the year right and do Discover You. So come and chat to Rachel or Susie Sanders or Thomas or Mel Malcolm. Can you wave your hand? You can come chat to these beautiful people and say, tell me more. I'm interested in coming. I love it. Lots yeah. of group work, lots merrier. of discussion, uh, and some, some very, very helpful activities. So looking forward to that. All right. Are we ready, guys? I love this scripture. It says in uh, 2 Peter 1, 7, it says, for God, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, thank God, amen, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, a sound mind. Now, I want to ask firstly, what does that mean? What, is, what does it mean to have a sound mind as a Christian. What, what's in capture? Anyone can jump in at any time. I'm interested to know. Uh, I think for me, when I think of the word sound, I'm thinking of something that's solid, that's, you know, um, impenetrable in a sense. And um, 
there's nothing more sound and impenetrable than the truth. And for me, I really think of a sound mind as one that is anchored in truth, that right. things can come along, but that mind is able to problem solve, reason, work through things that will always come back to that truth. I like that. I mean, that is getting so tough, just for me personally. Like, I, I, I open up my news app every day and I, I don't know why I do it. I actually found a new app uh, that just tells you good news. Um, so I thought that was wonderful. Um, but then it's a little bit too rosy, so I'm a little like, oh, I'm feeling a bit too happy. I need to go back to <laughs> sadness. It's such a... What, what kind of condition is that? I don't know. Help me out. <laughs> We'll find something, yeah, and give me give me some help later. But it, we're bombarded with like lots of difficult things these days, and truth is a really hard kind of thing to find in amongst a world that's kind of in this place of hey, you can feel or think or do whatever you want, and you kind of well that's lovely, but then what's the truth? Yeah, truth right? is almost like a swear word in it is <laughs> in right the, in the world at the moment, and it's completely relative and. Yeah. You know, so... I think that's part of a sound mind, though, is the ability to divide between opinion and truth. It's the ability to acknowledge scripture as truth and be able to choose truth over and above what you think and what you feel and what you want. I think that creates soundness. It's when we... Uh, move on with what I want or what I feel creates this this life that's roller coaster like, and there's no um, heading toward a destination or travelling along the rails of truth. It's whatever it can be, and you find yourself cast adrift into this giant world of social media, opinion, uh, pseudo truth, pseudo faith. But anchoring yourself, as Rachel said, via the ability to choose truth, I think creates soundness. It's, it's a really difficult thing. You were talking, uh, we met earlier in this week, and we talked about this last week about the soul, which uh, you have a great definition, even biblically, theologically, of what the soul is. I just want to speak into that because getting through the emotions, which you get bombarded with, and then trying to find truth, uh, as Christians, then, do we just discount and turn off the emotion, the soul? Definition of soul. You said something really okay. Um, and various people have different ideas about how everything fits together. But my understanding, from a biblical perspective, is that the the, the centre of who we are, from God's perspective, is our soul. Uh, and the soul is uh, a non-physical part of us. It's not an organ somewhere. It's not an organ somewhere. No. 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 It's, it's um, related to every other part of us and is, is actually the deepest part of who we are right. and has the capacity to change every other part within us. So our body, our feelings, um, our, our, our mind. Um, Various people have different ways of configuring it. My uh, understanding, and it comes primarily from Eugene Peterson, who was a biblical scholar, uh, is to say that uh, biblically the centre of who we are 
is generally referred to as the heart and the soul is the part of the centre of who we are where God lives. Right. Or if a person doesn't accept God, it's the spiritual part with a small s that often actually revolves around self. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit comes within us, that's the most powerful um, force within our whole lives to transform our minds, our bodies and our feelings. So the soul is actually the essence of who we are in God. I love that. And I, I so talked cool. about last week uh, that your soul is not evil. It's not bad. For, for a Christian to engage with other thoughts or emotions, you know, we typically go when we're on our pursuit of truth, and this is why I'm leaning there, uh, that, hey, I've got to stop feeling or have any emotion in my life because I've just got to hold on to the truth. And, and, and it's funny, they're some of the most anemic Christians I've ever met <laughs> that kind of pursue that. And they become awfully religious, I find. What, talk to me about, if, you're, if we're all in the, the room with you now, we're sitting on the couch with you, how do we find or go on a journey of finding truth while still engaging with our soul? How do we do that? I think it's such a powerful question and I loved the way Keith worded that and that difference between our soul when we're walking with God and we're walking without God and that shift from being self-focused to God-focused being such a powerful transition. Um, you know, when we talk about truth and having a sound mind, it's really difficult to separate the mind from emotion. Yeah. There's this, they're interrelated they talk to each other in this bi-directional way. And Lynn and I only were spoke, speaking a moment ago when we think of the Trinity, you know, that God is one, our soul is one, but it's made up of these multiple facets. Yeah. Um, and they relate to each other. And truth isn't just what is happening, that these light waves are entering my eyes and my brain is interpreting that. You know, there's a reality in a physical world that is true, right here, right now, but there's also this truth of our soul and truth of our emotions. And we can't go around, you know, going, I'm great today, I'm great today, I'm great today, I'm great today, and ignore the fact that maybe we're not great today. That God, in requesting of us and calling us into a space of truth, he's interested in our heart. He wants to know where we are emotionally and he wants us to wow. be honest to that. Wow. I think too we can't um, we can't underestimate the role of choice here. You know, we're talking about truth coming in and being the the greater, um, becoming God focused, which is I think is a good way of putting it. God focused instead of self focused. However, truth doesn't come in and take over our lives, and we become a you know. Um, we become, uh, you know, just hold hands and our life takes off. I think still, you know, we always have been gifted by God choice. And we must choose which way we want to go because we still think, we still feel and we, we still want. That's not going to change just because God comes into your life. It's oh. not like you're going to have this amazing revolution within yourself apart from the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and that's amazing. But we still now learn to live 
according to truth and allowing truth to take predominance in our lives. And let me tell you, you start doing that, you've got to fight on your hands because the self, I think, I feel, I want, me, myself, continues to raise itself up in our lives and it's here at the point of choice where we say, yes, I'm going to go that way, me, it's all about me. And that can vary from moment to moment, whether you want me or you want God. But I can choose and triumph over the, um, the forces that come upon me from within myself or come up and out of me from within myself. We can triumph over those because of Christ. Without Christ, that's, uh, you know, that's a very difficult thing. But with Christ, we can choose to triumph and it's him who enables us to choose other than ourselves. Yeah. Keith? Again, just to put it into a, a, a perspective, obviously what we think is incredibly important in our lives and to have a, a sound mind where we think rationally, logically, positively um, is very, very important. But actually the mind, as we said earlier, is not the deepest part of us. And the Bible talks about us, and particularly in, say, passages like Romans 12, where we're to have a transformation or a renewing of our mind. Um, our minds, in some ways, are servants of the deeper parts of us. Right. Now, I'll have to say it very, very quickly, and it won't necessarily um, make total sense to you, but we can believe almost anything we need to believe. Uh, the, the capacity of our mind is subservient to the deepest needs within us. And I, I would believe that the deepest need within us is um, to know we are loved and valued by a God who will never, ever leave us. And that personal yeah. security yeah. will change every day of my life. And it, if I have that, not only in my heart but also in my mind, then that actually transforms the day and we're asked to actually um, stay our minds or have our minds on things that are good, pure, reputable, whatever. But the capacity for that comes out of a relationship with a loving, gracious God who will never let you go and our deepest need is to know we are loved and that God will never let us go. We also have the need to have that in our personal human-to-human -human relationships. Nothing is more important than that. But our minds will be subservient to that deepest wow. need. I love that. That was excellent. With, with that then, if, how do we actually, and this is one of the questions we had uh, sent through, and we're getting, we're getting lots of them, so I'm going to try to get to them as best as I can. But how do we know if our mind is starting to get sick? Starting to get sick, like unhealthy, unhealthy thought life. You know, the, the Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. I'm assuming they're the ones that are unhelpful. How do we identify when we've got some things that are going on in our mind that are unhelpful? I think the mind is... I. Oh. You throw your phone away. You throw your phone away, that's what some you do. Some of you ask the question, what do and I do And that might not be a bad idea for some of throw us. It away. Yeah, <laughs> throw it away. I, I think the mind, I, I, 
people tend to be able to understand if we offer metaphors. And I think the mind is like a thoroughbred that we corral in a pen. Now, the thoroughbred is ever waiting for the door to be open or perhaps an opportunity to jump out of the pen. And that's what our minds are like. While ever when, as soon as we're not watching them, they take off. Ah. And they take off generally in an unhelpful direction. Right. Or perhaps like an adventurous two-year-old. We've all had those. Um, you know, they're watching, watching, behaving, behaving, watching you, you're watching them. The second your eyes are off that, that child's in the dirt, that child's trashing your house, that child's doing something. So you say when our mind, do. when our thoughts get a little out of control? Well, left to themselves without aligning them with truth, our mind is going to wander in a minefield. Right. Are you talking about self-awareness then? Like if we're going to take our thoughts captive, yes. does that begin with an awareness? Yes. Of, of Let's what? become aware of what we're thinking. If I said to you, what did you think about last time you were in the shower? I would hazard a guess that 99.9% .9 of you have no idea what you thought about when you had a shower. Well, all that time, Left armpit, your right mind, armpit. <laughs> you were not doing that. Let me tell you, you were not doing Sorry. that. I have an order of things. Sorry. <laughs> okay, too much information now. Um, while, ever we're, while ever we're not aware of where our mind is going, most likely it's going somewhere unhelpful to you from a biblical perspective anyway. Let's challenge ourselves to know where our mind is going. Now, if our mind starts to go to negative things and, uh, you know, I know that, I know Ryan hates me. He walked past me yesterday and... He screwed up his nose when I went close to him a little while ago. Therefore, he hates me. Um, you know, that's unhelpful. And I'm going to feel rubbish or angry. And those thoughts happen without you even being aware of it sometimes. That's my point exactly. If you're not watching your mind, how do you know where it's going? And that is going to affect your whole experience, at least in the short term, perhaps in a bit longer term. So let's gather the racehorse, put it in the pen that aligns itself with the word of God as our boundaries and keep our mind in there. But we can't, we can't manage what we don't know is happening. I love this. And, and, and that's exactly right. How can you take a captive if you don't know what your thoughts are? Correct. I feel like sometimes my thoughts are in a washing machine on the spin cycle. Yep. And I'm aware of them, but they're kind of just out of control. Right. What, what do you guys do? Give, give, come on, we're back into the couch, some free advice here. What, what do you do with your clients in terms of trying to become mindful? That's the kind of correct word, isn't it? What, what do you do? Is there a practical one, two, three step? Or? No, oh, it's, a, it's a lot to answer. I just wanted to quickly add, though, to what Lynn was saying, and I think it comes back to that idea of truth and ties in with Keith's, um, you know, saying about the, our mind being a product of our soul. But I think there's other types of truths and these biblical truths about kindness and uh, a need for worthiness. Um, 
serving, giving, you know, these are actual truths. We, in, the, in the secular world, we want to deny those of truths yeah. as truths. And I think, you know, in terms of watching our mind, it's that process of discerning, are these thoughts actually taking me to a place where I'm isolating myself from my community and I'm feeling excluded? Are these things stopping me from reaching out and giving in this moment? Because if they're those sorts of thoughts, you can kind of... Pretty much. So that's identifying some unhelpful thoughts. Yeah, that's right. Do you write them them down then, or? Um, Some people find that useful. For me, um, as a therapist, if I'm working one on one with a person, you know, we know that more than sixty percent of the variance in outcomes in a patient, so the positive changes, comes down to the relationship. So that's the person stepping into that space and going, "This is who I really am." And that therapist showing them unconditional positive regard. That's the therapeutic process. And that happens in the body of Christ all the time. So, you know, I'd be saying one thing is start talking, start reaching out, start being, you know, in relationship with people. But then there's this other process of observing your thoughts, you know, looking at them, analysing them, in a more objective way and really examining your behaviour and how your behaviour is reinforcing or maintaining maladaptive thought processes for you. I I found even something like the Lord's Prayer for me, I think it's as much about for us as it is communicating to God because the the whole process of uh, changing your perspective, your kingdom come, your will be done, you know, it kind of changes your perspective then, you know, forgive as, as I have been forgiven. Well, what offence do I have in my life? That's an awareness thing, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I upset at right now? Oh, give me my daily need. Oh, what, what are my needs right now? There's a lot of mindfulness in something like that. That's and the right. Bible kind of encourages that. Submit uh, your thoughts, your anxieties to God. But to be able to submit it, you've got to first identify it. Right. And so, that's key. Yeah. That is key. One change can alter a situation 180 degrees. One change of thought. Wow. One submission, letting that thought go and praising God instead. That is simple, simple, simple. That can change your whole experience. This is the power of the mind. And the power of choice. Choice. Imagine if you let go of that torturous thought. Imagine what would that be like? Do you think you can't do that? Let me tell you, you can do that. You can let that go just by making a choice. I choose to let that go. I choose to forgive and I choose to honour God. Simple, simple stuff. It feels hard. Do you know why? Because we don't want to because we think we feel and we want. But if we put that aside and say, no, turn our face to God, it's as simple as that. It will revolutionise your experience. I love it. I love that even God put the book of Job, which is just lamenting. There's so much power in that. I, I've got this question for you, Keith. You, you work with, obviously, some of the you know, biggest kind of leaders, Christian leaders in the nation. 
What's the most common or debilitating? Uh, what's the word? Debilitating uh, kind of thoughts or that people have. What do you, what do you see mostly common in, you know, in in, in Christian leaders in yeah. pastors? Yeah, let's let's get their laundry out. Wow, um. just not mine. These people know too much already. They're just so. I'm not sure that I can sum it up without having thought it through more carefully, but one of the themes that comes through very strongly in uh, mentoring Christian leaders is uh, an area of discouragement and and discouragement that comes out of the fact that um, to some extent Christian leadership is measured by the key performance indicators of attendance and and miracles and baptisms and um, money and whatever. And unfortunately, very sadly, many churches with good leaders are not actually growing and maybe even... Because within Australia generally, unfortunately, Christianity is still waning. The tide's still going out and therefore leaders become... um, very discouraged and feel like as if they're not good leaders and unless they have a deep sense of security in who they are in God and a very positive view of themselves on the basis of God's love, it's very easy to get into a spiral down that actually looks more at performance than at who the person is in God. Wow. Would, so, I, would I sum that up as comparison? Comparison is one of the negative things that happens where instead of us, say, as pastors, seeing ourselves in a city of all being on the one side and heavens knows there's, you know, the tide is going out, we can't afford to be against one another. We've got to be... And, and if there's competition and somebody else is doing better down the road, then... I, as a leader, begin to feel I'm, I'm a failure. And that, what Lynn was talking about earlier, is the self-talk that right. um, very quickly goes into a downward spiral from, um, well, one morning on the way home from church, I asked my wife, what did you think of the sermon? And she said gently to me, I'm not sure what you were trying to say this morning. Oh, that's a bad day. Yeah. It was it was about a five minute drive. That's why Eric and I drive in two cars. <laughs> but before we got into the driveway, I had my resignation written out in my Oh head. my god. In other words, you know, from one sermon where my wife kindly said, because I asked her, yeah. I'm not sure I was in resignation mode. Now, that wow. was illogical. Yeah. It wasn't rational. I generalised from one sermon and from preaching to ministry to life, and I'm thinking, I think I'd be a better accountant than I am a minister. <laughs> wow. So, um, what needs to happen, not just for pastors, but for all of us, as, as um, we've said already, is the, the whole idea that and you fill your mind with what is good, yeah. what is reputable, what is honest, um, to praise, not condemn. Yeah. Recognizing all the time that there's a deep, there's a deep um, 
force here that comes from the heart and if God's love is making us more and more secure, we're going to be less likely to go into those downward spirals. But when we do, we have um, strategies and tactics like you stop your thoughts. You recognise what's happening and you either derail it to something much more pleasant or much more positive or start praising God or start worshipping and and you have particular ways that once you recognise you're in one of these um, self-talk downward processes, changes it, stops it and starts it going back. So redirects it. I like that. The comparison thing is so, so big in today's world. I'd say that's not just a pastor thing. And I want to welcome the guests again. And if you're here, I'd like you to make this church home and make it bigger. Um, but uh, <laughs> Just so I have a good week. I, I almost resigned twice this week. Is that normal? We haven't really... Unfortunately, yes, yeah. it is. But oh, okay. Thank you've you. just, I think you've just instanced something from the life of pastors that is for most people in everyday life, you know, and, and I think Lynn used the example of if you just walk past it, somebody's only got to just ignore us for whatever reason yeah. and that sets us off in a, yep. in a kind of spiral that, mm. as I've said, isn't logical. You could drive a truck through it from a logic point of view but before you know where you are, you're, you're in the pig's pen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, I think and that's because our minds tend to gravitate toward the negative. Yeah. So if you don't do anything with your mind... It will. It will generally gravitate to something negative. That's human, right? And so... Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. human. And so that's why it's so important to know what... Get to know what's happening in your mind and that's intentional yeah. it doesn't just happen you need to focus and concentrate that takes energy but so does trying to bring your mind back from who knows you know the depths of despair mm. where it's taken you that will take a lot more energy than this consistent checking in with what your mind's doing and saying that, uh, so, so you, yeah. if you do nothing if you do nothing that's what you'll be contending with. Your mind will generally go to something negative. I just wanted to add, though, in terms of the the nature of that self-talk, you know, we're coming out of this great movement that really started in the 1950s, which we called in psychology the cognitive revolution, which is what is it the nature of our thoughts? Because we came to realise that, hey, your thoughts matter. And we really directed that to, well, we need to increase self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth and self-love and self-compassion. You can hear that word that I'm saying a lot, which is the self. And in psychology, we started saying, well, look, you've just got to change your thoughts. And I still remember my mum having pinned all over her walls, these positive affirmations, which, you know, today I am strong and I am good and I am kind. And wow. it really affected the way we even spoke over our children of like saying, you're such a good girl, you're such a clever boy. Mm. But what we've actually found is that that stuff doesn't actually help. And if you ask a person suffering with depression 
to just chant, I am good, I am good, it actually makes them feel worse. Wow. And I think what's really powerful in what Keith and Lynn are saying is all of those things are right, how we talk to ourselves matters, but the moment we shift the lens and say, you are good, you are strong, you are kind, and wow. I am worthy of you. We can walk in this humbled confidence wow. that is powerful beyond measure, really, because it's him. I love and, that, Rach. You know, that's like... And again, for me, that's a conversation with God. Hallowed be thy name. Like yeah. you, you just start yeah. to yeah. Re- redirect your thoughts, deal with what, be, be aware of, take captive of what is negative and unhelpful, harmful, and then direct it in a direction where you focus on some positives. We've only got a few more seconds left, really, um, and this has been so good, hasn't it, Art? Uh, just brilliant, and please share this podcast uh, with as many people as you can. But just this whole area, I've got, I've got a few questions around social media then, in terms of that, that is the bombardment that seems to plague society in such a significant way. What would you talk about managing... I mean, social media can be something where you're confronted with comparison, uh, which which then brings on judgment or, 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 you know, condemnation or all kinds of different thoughts that are unhelpful. What should we do in this age with as Christians? Should we just... I mean, I'm off social. Should we just turn it off? Should every Christian just shut that out? Don't read the news, just read the good news one? Or I think like, it's really tricky because I yeah. think social media has... The, there is a platform there for great things to happen and for people to be able to speak to a massive audience and for revolutions to really happen. Uh, the, the difficulty, I think, for individuals, and I know for me personally, is managing how much time you spend on it and filtering through this bombardment of information. And I can say personally, I've decided to give it up. Okay. I haven't done Facebook for probably 18 months and Insta for about four months and can honestly say that in that time, I've experienced so much more peace. My relationship with God has like gone through the roof because I'm not having to go through that process. I'm just choosing the things that I'm uh, exposing myself to. But that's for me. Like, for some people, that's not going to work. And they're doing awesome things on social media, but it's very much being careful about how you relate to that and how you use it because I think it, it simulates connection. And maybe but it's not, not really... Maybe not while you're the first thing in the morning, maybe not the last thing before going to bed. I find that the most yes. terrible time. You're eating your cereal and you're looking at something, you know, you're having your cocoa pops and then someone's yeah, talking about I, their, their juice diet that they're on and you suddenly feel... <laughs> was when I realised... Like, really bad about the cocoa pops. <laughs> you so I was should really, feel bad if you're eating really, cocoa pops, let me say. No, but I was say. really enjoying it and feeling quite happy and buoyant. And then I look at Miss Social Media who's only drunk juice her whole life and I feel terrible. <laughs> And she's going to collapse in a heap. Yeah. Um, That's what I tell myself as well. She's going to collapse in a heap. She looks hungry. She probably is very hungry. She looks very hungry. Let's remember, though, everything you see on social media, a lot of it is fantasy. It's a life created by somebody as they would like to see themselves, they inject themselves into this world that they have created for themselves. It's this idealised self. I'm just amazing. Look at me. I, I drink juice. 
You know, like, so they create this world. And even though we may know that, in our minds, we get captured by the fantasy of this. And before too long, we may not be putting up too many filters to what we're seeing. And, you know, our mind can run quite a long way from what's real, logical, biblical, and we find ourselves adrift, you know, down the Nile as far as it will go. And so I think overexposure, okay, so let's define that, but reading that too much, what am I feeding myself? What we feed grows. Mm. You notice if you feed your children, they grow. Don't feed your children, they'll atrophy. What we feed grows. They will look like juice girl. They will look like juice girl. What is my diet like? What and, am I putting into my too. mind? Yes, not yeah. Laura. What am I putting into my mind? Because you are feeding your mind I like the with that. that. Yeah. Feed, what am I feeding it? You guys, last two thoughts. Okay, I, I can't talk about social media because I'm not on it. And that's not just because I'm an old fogey who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't dig it. It's... <laughs> the Facebook. It, it's basically because of what Lynn was just saying that... And I think there's a lot of very positive things about social media. Connection and people who don't normally get a say have the opportunity to express themselves. But I have to watch very carefully what I let into my mind and therefore the, the choices I make about what actually predominates in my head are very, very important. So that, for instance, I, I like to walk and when I walk I generally listen to um, the message translation of the Bible. And one of the reasons for that is there's nothing magical about it, but just to get the word of God into my yeah. head and yeah. then my yeah. heart, yeah. rather than all the other stuff yeah. wow. that I hear that bombards me that I could be addicted to quite easily. Yes. So I just love to become more dependent on what God says. Yeah, wow. I, I think so. First thoughts and last thoughts yeah. in any, of any given day play a pretty significant part, I feel. Uh, Rach, final thoughts from you? On how, how do we have a sound mind? What can we do? Um, oh, look, I think we watched this amazing um, preach recently. I'm sure there's a number of people sorry, here that said, you know, when we're in a place of mental health, we're in a place of community, we're in a place of productivity, and when we're in a place of leaving a legacy that matters. So wow. I'd be saying... You know, for anyone who doesn't feel like those things are working for them, then start talking to your community, start reaching out, start sharing, you know, start, yeah. I think it really, it all starts with relationships. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Love God, love others as yourself, right? Beautiful. Can we give the guys a, a hand uh, today? Thank you so much. Hey, um... I'm going to do it another podcast with them for our Connect groups this week. So we're going to continue the conversation and give us some things to discuss and talk about in our Connect groups this coming week. So um, tune in for that.
right? And come tonight, we're going to be talking about the body and uh, be doing the same thing, allowing us to ask some questions and get into things. Hey, one of the things you might have heard through, uh, just as a current theme through it, is that God plays a big part in actually our minds, right? And uh, he, I, I love, I shared this last week, that it's actually God's desire that our, our minds, our, our whole beings would actually prosper, would be in health, that collectively, all together, we would actually be in this place where we feel like, hey, I'm buoyant, I'm happy. And God, God's the central person that I think that connects us with life. And the conversations that I have with Him every day literally save my life every day just by communing with Him and allowing the person that created me in the unique form that I am, uh, to, to uh, allowing Him in to actually move in my life because He knows me better than I even know myself. Scripture tells us that. And so the relationship that we have with our Creator, for me personally, is the most powerful kind of relationship that I have that literally keeps me and helps me be in good health and so I just want to ask the question here today and I'll just get us all to bow our heads just for a moment and we do this every service and just give the opportunity if there's anyone that here is and typically you'll feel alone you'll feel like you're doing life on your own in, in a quite a profound kind of way and the reality is that every single one of us have been created by God that loves them, loves you. He loves you. He created you in love and He created the way that you are, the, the thoughts that you have, the passions that you have, the, the, the things that you feel. He, he created you that way and he, he actually desires to be in relationship with you and to help you so that you might not be alone. Even when you're not present with anyone else, He's always present. And I just want to ask the question, if you're here, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't have a relationship with their Creator, they haven't received Christ as their Lord and Savior, receive forgiveness, receive life in that way, I just want to ask the question, if you're here today, there's an invitation here. If you would like to include Him in your life and receive His love, receive His forgiveness, and, and find the, the sweetest, bestest friend you'll ever have, I just want to ask the question today. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand really quickly. And I'm going to pray a prayer that honestly is going to be the most powerful prayer you'll ever pray. Because it's inviting the person that created you and loved to help you in life, to be the closest friend that you can ever have. Is there anyone here today that would just as we close right now, would like to invite God to come and be part of their life? to help them in their everyday. Is there anyone here? And even if you feel that you're distant from God right now, you too can respond just by raising your hand and we're going to pray right now for you. Is there anyone? Even if you've got doubts, that's okay. Let's pray together right now. Let's believe for a change. Is there anyone? Just last few seconds that I can pray for. If you're away from God, if you want to come close to Him, wonderful I think I can see one hand there at the back is there anyone else how about we all just pray this prayer this is a good way again to be present to be aware and let's just pray this prayer say father God thank you for creating me as I am for making me unique for loving me I ask that you would be more present in my life that you would help me. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior, to wash away 
all of the things that make me feel guilty, bad, wrong, allow me to feel right through your forgiveness. Amen. I just believe that prayer right there, just again for all of us, just afresh, it's just a beautiful thing just to invite God into your life and allow Him to move through you. Amen. Hey, uh, be blessed. We're going to open it up as we always do. If you would like prayer for any need that you have in your life, whatever it is, we want to stand with you. We want to pray with you, support you, encourage you. So there'll be a ministry team here that are uh, here ready to pray with you no matter what it is. Uh, Please come forward at the end of the service. But otherwise, enjoy the coffee, the hangs, and uh, we'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock for another panel uh, talking about our health in our bodies. So uh, be blessed. What a good morning, right? Give the, give the guys another hand. That was incredible. And uh, have a great week if we don't see you tonight. <laughs>